Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Full Dive Gaming Podcast, bringing a weekly dive of all the news, discussion, and condensed nerd talk you need for virtual reality gaming every Friday. I'm Rick McAfee, producer and editor of this podcast. I'm Jay Brat, a virtual reality YouTuber. I'm Adam Charlton, a VR software developer who is back after a brief hiatus. Yay! I'm Destiny Wheeler, entrepreneur and VR enthusiast. And we are all sitting here in VR, interacting as a suit. So it begins. <laughs> My messing up. Interacting as if we were really together. What? It'll be both of us today. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're so we're guys we're sitting together we're we're actually in vr we're talking together it's really cool and we record it all it's all on youtube go check that out if you want to see us and our lovely vr avatars jay just got a new avatar i sure That's... did i am looking good my wife thankfully helped me because i don't really know what i look like but <laughs> it's still gonna be there'll still be a little tweaking so you'll see a few minor mm-hmm. changes but this is this is somewhat close somewhat yeah. close to me. yeah I, I think so and destiny will be all things going well have will have a new avatar by yes. next podcast it that the, we, we were expecting it like today or tomorrow but unfortunately just it's didn't coming. quite get here in time It'll be do you hear it. me wisney do you listen to this podcast <laughs> <laughs> tell him we'll give him a shout, shout out <laughs> yeah he's done he's done some pretty great work all right so, guys, we run this podcast in three sections, if you haven't listened to it before. First will be a game... Well, okay. This is no, no longer quite true. First, first, we do a Q&A section. Um, and then we do... A, but that's, like, really short. We try to keep it short. Then we do a VR gaming news section. Then we talk about our experiences playing some of the recent games. This has been a really busy week for us. I don't know who... I don't know if anyone here really managed to play anything new necessarily, but it's been a fairly dry week in terms of VR games. So that's okay. And uh, lastly, we'll be having a discussion section last Wait, sorry. This week, this week, this week, we'll be talking. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) This week, we'll be talking about VR, VR, VR representation in pop culture. So like, how is it represented? What do the masses think of VR these days? Last week, we talked about whether you should buy the Valve Index or the HP Reverb G2. Listen to last week's podcast to hear all about it. So question and answers. The section you guys know, you reach out to us on Discord, leave comments and videos. That's where we pull these questions from. The problem is a lot of you have the same question. What are the recommended PC PC specs? What should I get as far as a PC? So we're just going to make it simple on us and harder on you. You got to do your research because I could give you a, a recipe for a PC and and it would work right now, but things change constantly. I mean, for instance, the Rift's lowest spec was like a 1060 when it launched and then they changed it to a 1050 Ti and then Half-Life Alex came out and they said you need like a 1060 Ti. So depending on what game and what headset you want to run, you may need to look into specs. Just for a brief, easy one, what I run, I have an i7-8700 with an RTX 2070 and 32 gigs of RAM. And I will tell you, the thing I like about my setup is I can put any game on. I don't have to turn the super sampling up or down. I don't have to mess with settings. Everything runs like butter. So mm-hmm. that's why I go for a little bit of overkill. I recommend that if you can afford it with a PC, but not everyone can. So do right. your research. Yeah, like I'm running a little more budget. I'm running a 1060 and only 16 gigs of RAM. But I can, I've yet to encounter a VR game that really made my pc like chug the 
Half-Life Alex was the only game that like had like some problems, but I could count it on one hand. So guys, this stuff can range. Just make sure you're buying something better than a 1050, I guess. I would say 1060 or better would would be my recommendation. But these days buy like th- things change. Buy a 2060 right now because why would you get a 1060 when you can get a 2060 for a very similar price? Right. So I just worked here asked what is the number one non-VR community you're most active in? So, I mean, I imagine that we all have a pretty different <laughs> community right. that we enjoy. But for me, I play a lot of flight sims, and I mm-hmm. personally am very active in the War Thunder community. And I'll talk more about that game in the games we're playing section. Uh, <laughs> Jay, what about you? What are you active in? Uh, you know... I don't I don't know what I can count this as when he says non VR because I feel like pretty much everything in my life revolves around VR. <laughs> I'm gonna so I guess I'm gonna say my own Discord uh gets the most out of the VR realm and has the most weirdest random things happen in it. So that's probably <laughs> my second most active community. I'm super active on Reddit, but it's most of most of the VR community. So my life is all VR. What can I say? I, I don't get myself involved in anything else. I'm sorry. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully Rip has an out, a life outside of the headset. <laughs> I never take this off. My <laughs> 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 God, that'd be hell. Um, no, uh, yeah, I've got I've got some communities I'm, I'm a part of. Um, I I run a lot of stuff actually. Um, let's see where to start. Well, okay, sort of like just all the subreddits I'm a part of, but like that's kind of everyone. Um, <laughs> so i actually run a group of guys with called the most generic name possible legion um <laughs> we uh we're a nine person squad and we play the game squad which is sort of <laughs> like a a, a milsim shooter of sorts it's not vr though so that um that's a group i started roughly i'm pretty certain it's over a year now i just don't know how much over a year so we I've been doing that for a long time, and that's just like in that game you you can run with a group of up to nine people, and then you're playing in teams of forty versus forty. So I run a nine person group, and we play every Thursday. A nine person squad seems weirdly specific for forty people teams, though. <laughs> right? Well, the, okay, this doesn't really help necessarily, but they are trying to get that number to fifty people. Oh. Um, that still doesn't help with the nine person right, squads. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. It's like you know, fifty divided by nine, you know. <laughs> um, and uh, I can tell you the nine is so that you got like your you have your squad leader, and then you have two fire teams of four people. That's that's sort of generally how that goes. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Um, and uh, the other one I I've mentioned briefly that I play airsoft. I not so much these days, but I used to very much be active in the airsoft community. Um, when I was young, I actually ran the uh, the for, sort of Facebook community when that was like the main p- place for communities. Um, I ran the Facebook community for airsofting in the in Sonoma County, which was a lot of fun. And nowadays, I just kind of like play locally, but I'm very much still active in that community. Well, it's hard with quarantine, so not <laughs> not so much. Shoot from a distance. Yeah, I'm I'm a chair softer, as they like to say uh. um, at this point. <laughs> it's pretty cool, though. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. Oh, what about uh, yourself, Destiny? Yeah, are you part of any 
non-VR yeah. communities? Well, it was kind of funny, especially with the way that he asked the question. Um, he wanted to know if any of them kind of overlapped. And I guess with me, it does. The other thing that I'm interested in is like PC gaming, um, especially mm -hmm. CSGO. And mm -hmm. so to me, a lot of PC gamers, especially since we already are familiar with Steam, it does kind of overlap VR. It kind of goes hand in hand. So um, that's pretty cool. That's something I'm into. Awesome. She like, for, for those that are like listening for the first time, she's like hardcore CS. <laughs> like... Yeah, CSGO is just pretty much my life. So yeah, <laughs> I love the CSGO community. Mm-hmm. All right. And let's see. We moved the questions around. Jay. So, Jay, you're next. <laughs> so, we had a question from TechRS. Wireless VR versus wired VR. So, as someone who has a Quest and a Rift S and a PSVR, I can tell you, I've kind of done it all. And, uh, I mean, if, you, if I had to just pick one or the other, I would say wireless. Because, one, you don't have to deal with a wire. And, two... It is the future. All of us in VR have known that wireless is the future. It's what's coming. It's what we all want. But the question, this is kind of sub question to this that, that I'm wondering about, like, let's say you're listening to this podcast a year from now, and the Valve Index has now launched a wireless unit that you can hook to the headset. Now, is that still going to be better than what's on the market? I have no idea. But I think... I personally, since I'm so used to the PC experience and like the level of game you get on a PC, I'm still looking to the future of a wirelessly tethered headset versus a wireless standalone because the Quest is cool, but the games that you play fully on the Quest itself without linking it to anything, they're just not even close. I mean, even the PSVR's games can still beat it out in quality gameplay. We're not there yet on standalone wireless, but I think wireless and tethered is our next immediate future. What do you guys think? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah, I think I personally would, I don't think we're quite there yet with wireless to a point where I'm like, because a lot of the wireless solutions do a lot of compression in order to work. Um, even, even the link, I have not really been able to use it unfortunately so i can't speak too too much to it but as someone who works a lot in media i notice compression immediately <laughs> it, it's like it's it, like how film buffs will like immediately notice like a boom mic or something um i i i can immediately see when there's a um color or fidelity problem i not refresh rate for some reason um, i barely noticed that but i definitely notice compression which is a big issue in wireless headsets so, and input delay. Um, that's the other thing I'm big on, which is the other big issue. So for someone who's, I don't know, a snob, I guess. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yep. I, I, I just, it ruins my experience if my hand doesn't move with my real, if the VR hand doesn't move with my real hand in an appropriate amount of time, it feels sluggish and I don't enjoy playing anymore. So until we get there, I I right now still am wired. Like, there's no wireless solution that for me is interesting. But you don't have to be as snobby as me. <laughs> uh, what do you think over there? 
I still think to get into VR, the quest, like going wireless is very simple, easy startup. But then once you're more experienced, that's why I started out with the quest. But then now I would like an index. I feel like that's a little bit more, I guess it is elitist, but it is that next step. Because, I mean, you're basically going with an easy setup versus the specs, which is what you're going to get from a PC ran headset. <clears throat> so there's definitely pros and cons to both, but um. I do enjoy my wireless one. It's funny when I do play with the link now, it almost bugs me. Like I'm glad that it's opened up the doors so I get to play all these other games that weren't an option before. But I don't know. It's I'm just not quite used to the wire yet. <laughs> You've been spoiled. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Kind of wish yeah. I wasn't there. I mean, there's mm -hmm. no like good thing about a wire like once we get to the point where wireless catches up with what wired can do why would you ever want a wire right there's exactly. no reason <laughs> yeah so wireless is the future it's just not we're we're not quite to the future yet <laughs> it is my personal opinion yeah because there's definitely a trade-off you get convenience or you get you know graphics and fidelity um and there's there's that trade-off there. And some people are doing it well, like the HTC 5 does have that wireless adapter. It costs you $600 to get that adapter and it has a three-hour battery life. But it does exist. We're, we're kind of starting to get closer to merging it, but we're not quite there yet. You hit it right there, though. Batteries, that was one thing we didn't say. Yeah. Batteries are also a big problem with wireless VR. Uh, I'll touch on it more in the gaming section, but like, there's nothing worse than when you're really into something with someone on, on a quest and their battery dies right in the moment. <laughs> oh, yeah. So that's the other thing about a wire. That would be the only thing that why would you want a wire? Well, you never have to worry about the battery dying. That's true. So then they true. just solve it with replaceable batteries that you can charge. Like if you just had like a section you could like replace on a quest, for example, like like a camera would. Yeah. They that, do have batteries good. that you can put on the back and they kind of double as like a counterweight in a battery extension, but oh, I don't true. really know anybody who's tried that. I, I have one on one. order to play with, but the thing that yeah. I want, like, if they do this, this is totally weird. I was like, what are you talking about? I want like three batteries built into my headset that are all swappable and don't rely on each other. Because I want it when it gets down to 20%, I can pull two batteries, keep the headset running the whole time and swap them out or something. There's nothing worse mm -hmm. than like, oh, guys, hang on. I got to turn my headset off for a second and swap the batteries. Like make it hot swappable to where your game won't die if you have to swap your batteries. Mm -hmm. That would be amazing. So you want, like, <laughs> battery redundancy? <laughs> exactly. I want, like, pull the two that are dead, swap those ones still running, like, somehow that make is... it so I don't have to shut it off. That is expensive. <laughs> <laughs> as, as somebody who sees that a lot in the film world, if, it's, if, it, if it translates at all, that, that expensive. <laughs> I believe it, but I think it's worth it. I'm in. I'm in hardware developers. Make this happen. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. I, I, would, I would definitely accept just the ability to replace a lot of the big issue is like when your headset stops working or like the battery officially dies in a controller a lot of the times the game will just close itself which is half the problem it'd be or nice your hand if, floats away yeah it'd be nice if you know it just kind of saved your spot so that you your game didn't close you didn't drop out of whatever lobby you're in like mm -hmm. that's a software thing we can get there a little sooner i think 
Oh, I'm sorry. sorry. This is this is taking longer. I guess I have, well, there's one more major point I have to say. If you're going to make a system with rechargeable batteries, make them freaking work <laughs> to where it actually tells you what percentage they are at. In Windows Mixed Reality headsets, in Oculus, it tells me my battery's at 100%, 100%, 100%. Hey, your battery yep. just died. Make yeah. it work with rechargeable batteries. It drives me crazy. Yeah, definitely. It's like, for me, it's 100%, and then it's like down to 20 for like 20 minutes. <laughs> so basically once i or actually no that's not true it's worse it's 100 percent for 20 minutes and then it's at like 50 to 20 for like hours so i don't know <laughs> when it's actually going to die i'm just like i know it's not fully charged at least <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right i'm gonna move us on because we got to get going so what are your guys sorry this is from tech RS. what are your guys thoughts on the movement in gorn the kind of pull the world towards you movement so he's what he's it. talking about <laughs> yeah what he's talking about guys for those that aren't familiar that's where you it, typically you have your grip buttons on your controllers right so you bring your hand for this will be easier for people who are watching but just imagine with me if you would uh podcast listeners so you have a grip button on your controller you reach forward with your hand hold the grip button and then pull it back towards you and then do it again with the other kind of like rowing almost and that's <laughs> <laughs> or like a mime with an invisible rope when you yeah, see those guys mime... it's it's like that you're like walking yeah. yourself across the street yeah exactly and it's as terrible as it sounds <laughs> i i mean for one it gets rid of your grip button like suddenly you can't grip weapons with your grip button or whatever other button they decide to map to it it it's not good it's a bad system don't do it <laughs> that's what i have to say well, and the reason Does anyone disagree? Bringing, <laughs> the reason Tech's bringing this up, though, is because he's playing Gorn on PSVR. And if you remember on a few podcasts ago, I had just played it finally on the first time for PC. And I said, why in the world do they have this weird pull movement style when you could just switch it to analog sticks? Well, PSVR didn't get that luxury. They got stuck with that weird movement style. They can't switch it like we oh. can on PC. So that's why he's like, what the heck is going on? Tech, if you didn't know that on PC, we don't have to deal with that. I'm so sorry, bud. Uh, I don't <laughs> I don't mean to be a part of that elitist group, but I do. I do. I'm so glad that I ended up getting this on PC instead because I can use my analog sticks and right. Yeah, it, it's terrible. I don't know why they did that. So, and a lot of games actually have this movement style. Uh, we saw a part of it in War Dust when we picked it up. One of the accessibility options was this. Yeah, that's right. I was just thinking. Option. I was like, I know another game had it. I couldn't remember. Right. And another very popular game that I've tried called Climby also uses this style. And now Climby actually does it the best out of all of them, but it's still terrible. It just, mm -hmm. they do it for people that have severe motion sick and the pulling the world around you gives the people that suffer from severe motion sickness that feeling that you know they have control over their movement that they're actually pulling themselves forward but for people that that's really not an issue it's just amazingly uncomfortable and it feels right. really unwieldy <laughs> and it's totally inferior compared to teleport which is a perfectly fine movement exactly. system but in teleporting, you know, it's 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 self-explanatory. But that that's that's the typical way to deal with this. Yeah. And, and it, like that also, like when you to run, you have to like move your hands like those sorts of features. Just use joysticks, guys. This isn't hard. <laughs> Develop and all you all you hardware developers who are making uh, controllers put joysticks on your controllers. Vive. Um <laughs> <laughs> and playstation all right 
With that, we are ready to move on to the news segment. But first, as usual, our sponsors from the news segment. So this segment is brought to you by no one. We have no sponsors. But if you would like to be a sponsor for our podcast, you're a thriving VR business. You're a not thriving but starting company and you just want your name out. We might listen to you and put you as a totally free sponsor. Who knows? There's no sponsors right now. You have no competition. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, if you're like a game dev or whatever and you just want a shout out right now, no one's paying to be a sponsor on the show. Take advantage of this opportunity, why don't you? So reach out to me at Rip Mac wait, yeah, Rip McAfee at full dive podcast.com. That's R I P M C A F W E at full dive podcast.com. And it's in the show notes. All right. So, our first piece of news. So, very almost <laughs> exciting. Quick disclaimer. This is not a 100% validated news, but this comes mm -hmm. from a very reliable source. So, the the news is Resident Evil 8 is going to have VR mode and it's on PSVR only. So that last part, that last part is the most speculated part. It may not be a PSVR exclusive, but basically the two companies that made Resident Evil 7 and made it in VR are now have now been seen teaming up again. And people had noticed one thing that was really weird. The frame rate in the new Resident Evil tra trailer was choppy. And they were asking why, what is going on with that? Well, Aesthetic Gamer brought it up on Twitter and said, for anyone that was worried about it, don't. The trailer playing kind of weirdly on the stream, but the game does support psvr from what i hear so they will be aiming for that stable 60 frames per second and this is the same news source that even told us back a while back that a resident evil 8 was coming and then it was coming from first person perspective back before this trailer dropped or anything so that's why it seems like it's accurate we're inclined to believe it considering that this is the source so fans don't need to worry about the potential performance issues when it launches sometime next year though it remains right. to be seen if it's going to actually feature compatibility with the current PSVR, PSVR 2, or if it really is a PSVR exclusive. We don't know all that yet. It better not be. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, that's the one game that I'm pretty jealous about. I wish the Quest had it. Yeah, I'm okay with, you know, that game staying pretty <laughs> far away from me. <laughs> uh, not everyone can handle it. Uh, am I the don't only you one be here? Supporting cross-business. Am I the only one here who's had a chance to play it because of that? Because it is a yes. PSVR exclusive? Yeah, I've only seen Resident the trailers Evil for 7? it. Yeah. I, that was one of the few games I had on the PlayStation VR when I had it for that like okay. month or two. Because that was like the <laughs> what came out with the PlayStation VR. Um, at least like very close to its release date. So I, yes. I did play it. Okay, so at least you kind of know. So for those of you out there who haven't gotten to play it, it was VR, yes. But there was no motion <laughs> controls. You literally had the dual shock in your hands playing it like that, but you could look around and aim with right. your head. So it wasn't like fully VR. It was in VR, but it wasn't like, oh, you can move your hands, you can aim your gun. Like you're holding a dual shock. The one really cool thing about that, though, was the fact that since PSVR doesn't have 360 tracking, since you only had to hold your dual shock, you could play at 360 if you wanted holding the dual shock and still turn completely around. So that freed up one aspect, but took away others so it was a great game uh very frightening very intense i still haven't finished it yet i'm uh, it, you have to take a break from it because it gets pretty scary yeah <laughs> resident evil 8 looks like it's going to be worse and if it's on the ps5 it's gonna be way more realistic and i am i am scared but it's got it better be in vr it's got to be at this point 
And when he says uh, DualShock, he means controller for all those people that aren't so fancy. <laughs> that is the name of the controller on the PS4. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah. It's got to be shared. It's got to it's gotta go on to PC. It's got to go to the other headsets because they can't keep doing this. I understand exclusives and the monetary value, but like VR needs to be across the board because we can't keep fracturing this community as it's trying to grow. Like everyone it's needs small to be enough able to as it is. Yeah. 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 Right? Yeah. Iron Man VR. We're talking to you as well, ah. Marvel. <laughs> I want to play that game. Oh, I'm excited about it. It's coming out yeah. after my birthday. Yeah, <laughs> this looks really fun. I want to play it. Let me play it, guys. Uh, <laughs> whoever makes that. Who is it? Uh uh Konami? No. I forget. Capcom? I'm I'm not big on always following which developer does it. I just uh, follow the games. I go where the games are. I, I should know this. All right. Moving on. So <laughs> what is the rip five for the presenter? <laughs> that was, I did not do that. That was you. Rip five. What what's the new news to tell us? It's like the the John five. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, guys, uh, last week we talked about the Catwalk C. Was that right? Yep. Was was it the Catwalk C? Yeah. Week so before. The, week yeah. before. Two weeks. Oh yeah, two weeks ago we talked about the Catwalk C launching on Kickstarter. It was for like seven hundred bucks or so to be part of this Kickstarter, and they wanted a consumer friendly VR treadmill. Treadmill. Well, news is out. They not only got their goal, they did it in like three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> They got their goal immediately and um, reached, according to uh, the text that is invisible but in front of me, uh, they reached 1 million in 24 hours, which is crazy and insane. Also really cool. I did not realize that that many people had the money to blow (laughs) on a – like. I knew that obviously there has to be some interest in consumer treadmills. Otherwise, we'd have – I mean, there's already a small amount of businesses, businesses, but an even fewer amount of businesses trying to get into this. But wow, that's a lot of interest. Yeah. Yeah, that is pretty um, surprising. Yeah. So unfortunately, um, for those of you, the, the funding goal was 100000 by the way. So the campaign has ended, right? Is that what you were saying? No, yes. no. There's 39 oh, days no, left it's in just, the campaign. There's no oh, early, early bird specials. Thing. They're all gone. I get you. Yeah. You can't get in so, for cheap anymore. <laughs> right. Yeah. So it was, if we're remembering correctly, it was, I think, $700 initially. Now it's 1000 or nine ninety nine, as they put it. But let's be real here. Which is, we talked about this last time. That's like, it's a, at $1,000, I'd say it's definitely even though that's only a three quote only a $300 difference, bringing it out of like the $700 and up to a thousand dollar for me really makes it feel like it went from consumer friendly to a little bit closer to enthusiast. Yeah. Personally. Yeah. Or business level or business. Yeah. yeah, Yeah. So I was thinking like the arenas or arcades. Yeah. So that there's, I thought it was just going to stick at the $700 level. I don't think I can really call this so much of, as just a consumer friendly. I mean, yeah, it's affordable to some people that really have the money to blow once you get your really fancy PC and your really fancy headset and you're now you've got your really fancy uh, treadmill. And I mean, people have spent this kind of money. Like flight sims and racing sims are notorious for 
people dropping tens of thousands of dollars on hey, don't you judge my setup. flight sims <laughs> <laughs> hey i have i have some stuff too but still this is this is you know those people are enthusiasts that's not casual at least but at 700 they could have they were at least approaching casual and it's a shame to see that it's raised its price yeah anytime i hear anything um that costs a thousand it just makes me think you could get the index right yeah. <laughs> it's like well, I, imagine... I could get this treadmill or an index the actual so. headset yeah, <laughs> yeah. well I, I i'm gonna guess i'm gonna go on a limb here and guess the kind of people who have this probably or are buying this probably already have like a pimax <laughs> uh, <yeah>. you know <laughs> which is for those that don't know like what the really high end but at sort of finicky according to reviews um <laughs> yeah it's like 4k monitors just strapped to your face yeah <laughs> and they're kind of bulky and ridiculous looking but those are like the high-end headsets that are like a couple thousand dollars or whatever they make cheaper ones now though i just forget their pricing um but yeah i imagine people who want to buy a thousand dollar treadmill probably already have an index or something comparable yeah i think so too but is it the value of an index and that's the question right right i mean you can do a lot of things with a thousand (laughs) dollars yeah yeah a lot of things (laughs) all the beer i could buy become a sponsor (laughs) sponsor. nice sponsor us buy us one of these we will tell you exactly how it works we'll we'll give Mm -hmm. you a full in-depth review (laughs) yeah we should look into yeah you could be a patron uh, you could be a patron for this podcast for life (laughs) (laughs) yeah pretty much lifetime membership i gotta say the thousand dollars like the 700 with how well built this thing looked and how freeing it was i was thinking about it i was like you know what this would be really cool now that it's a thousand i'm back to like okay the omni (laughs) like the omni is within reach a thousand dollars that's just not like that's a tough swallow even for someone like me who completely all my work is in vr all my content everything i do has to do with vr a thousand bucks is not an easy pill to swallow it's why i still haven't bought an index like when there's other things that like a rift s that works almost as well the omni that works almost as well that's i i can't do it so for those of you out there who can i would love to hear what what you think of it when you finally get yours but i won't be getting to try one out anytime soon yeah yeah if you're watching this on youtube or listening um, on Spotify or wherever you're listening on this to this, join the Discord community. Let us know what you think. If you are one of these lucky few that got it for 700, or one of the people with money to blow and got the thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah, I don't know anybody that personally owns one in their home. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know a sing- I don't even know a single mm-hmm. VR user personally that has a VR treadmill. No, not even the VR kids around me have them. I have yet yeah. to ever see one in the wild anywhere. Yeah, I've never tried one. I know, I think in Austin, there must be like a big arcade that does it because there is a group that does uh, like the competitions and stuff. They do it competitively mm-hmm. and they follow me. And I noticed that that's what they're they're using. They're oh. strapped in and they're using a treadmill. So yeah, well, actually, I mean, someone's buying them. Echo, <laughs> you you know? Know? Yeah, exactly. Well, like the big places. We now know. At least a thousand people own this, <laughs> <laughs> according to these numbers. That's so crazy. Which, I guess now that I say that out loud, maybe that isn't so many people in the grand scheme of how many people have VR and the people maybe. in the world. Um, <laughs> but still, yeah, still that's just stretchy. one treadmill. Yeah. All right. 
All right, Destiny, okay. what do you got for Destiny. us next? So um, today, Oculus Go is being discontinued. Facebook and Oculus announced today that it will discontinue its Oculus Go VR headset to allow the company more room to work on the next chapter in VR. Oculus will continue to maintain the system software with bug fixes and security patches through 2022. However, it also says it won't be adding or updating apps and games after December 4th, 2020. So honestly, I kind of saw this coming. Like, I don't even yeah. really hear anybody talk about the Go anymore. Uh, I, <laughs> I know it's used in business. I know that. Like, there's definitely a lot of businesses that picked the Oculus Go up, hoping for that, like, cheap way to get into VR. Yeah, yeah as I probably, guess since the as we've seen the We've seen that it's got the three degrees of freedom controller. So if you don't know what that is, you can move your hand far from you, close to you. It doesn't make a difference. It's basically a pointer. Up, down, left, right is all it does with your controller. Uh, so, I mean, we've seen the Gear VR that had one die. We've seen the Google headset that had one, the Daydream, die. I think this is the natural evolution. The one thing, and if you're a kid out there, close your ears for just one second. The one thing that everybody on Reddit says the Go was only good for, honestly, for them, was porn at home. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a big part of the VR industry. It's one that none of us talk about because we're all ashamed, but it's the truth. That's that's why everyone had one, because they didn't want their kid to be playing on their quest and find something. So so will there that's be great. will there be a new specific Smart. headset for that market? I don't I don't know. But yeah, there's not really anything else outside of that that people were excited about the go for anymore so i it, it's natural that it died but there will be some people looking for a new option that can satisfy what they need yeah <laughs> without <laughs> without anyone messing with it you know that's funny what i'm kind of bummed about with this piece of news they say they're going to be patching it through the end of 2020 that's at this point a year and a half for a piece of hardware that i that if if i don't know when i have own a piece of hardware and i hear that it's going to stop receiving support i tend to like a little bit longer than that um in terms of knowing that it's going to keep getting like fixes at least that's not a lot of time for a piece of hardware that's being discontinued especially by a big company like facebook they can afford to make that last a little longer it's not like nobody owns the oculus go well, here's know. the thing. By 2022, like, look at how far we've come in VR in even two years. By 2022, like, the Go would have been so obsolete anyway that no one really would have been using it because VR is just progressing really, really quickly. Yeah, it is. So, I mean, like, supporting it to 2022, honestly, I feel is kind of generous. <laughs> really? Uh, <laughs> all right. I guess I just, I know that a lot of businesses bought these headsets. I, because that's like it was a very cheap headset and it worked with enough like web development and like stuff like that that a lot of people use this just like to test with to i don't know watch things um a lot of people use the oculus go in sort of um not arcades but like quote vr experiences mm -hmm. um like uh there was a piece of news that i decided to omit but now i'm going to sort of introduce it uh, ubisoft does um just announced a new vr experience that they're working on and they've had several of those and these are thing these are like live events you can't like download them um, you have to go to them but i know that the oculus go is used for these kinds of things so it is a little surprising to me that it's totally being dropped i wouldn't i was expecting it to be discontinued in terms of manufacturing 
but to drop it all together like this, I don't, I, I think people still use it. I, I really? truly believe it. Yeah. I guess I it's like so. um, when I play, which there is very few games that are cross-play anyways, especially with the Go, but like I think it is big screen, the big screen app. I mm. hardly see anybody with the Go, um, but like I said, just because, you know, a lot of the games aren't cross-play, I don't really see a big crowd for it. Right. Well, Oculus would have the numbers. We don't. So this is all speculation. <laughs> If if it's no longer profitable, it's no longer profitable. I I feel like I maybe when it first that. came out, especially for the price point, I'm sure it did mm-hmm. do very well. But right. yeah, now especially you know with the link coming out for Quest and like Adam said, just with everything that's came out just in the past year, I'm sure it's probably far surpassing mm-hmm. everything. Right. Yeah, I'm actually surprised that no one's buying it at all because if. In terms of like that, well, actually, never mind. I take it back. There are a lot of like sit the the um Windows shoot. I'm totally blanking. Windows Mixed Reality. A lot of those headsets are in the same price range now as the Oculus Go, so that does make sense. Yeah, yeah. Every right. single one of mine, even after they didn't weren't out that long, every single one that I had, I got them all for a hundred and fifty dollars. So right. they they are very cheap as far as a PC VR headset. Right. Yeah. I was thinking in terms of like all the like more popular headsets, like you can still sell a Rift S at full price because there's such a low supply of them. So, yeah. Anyway, moving on. Adam, you got this one? Yes, I do. So Valve Index, the Valve Index now has a room view 3D, a new camera pass through mode, which delivers a more accurate representation of your environment. However, just like with the 3D correct pass-through on Facebook's Oculus headset, there is visible warping on objects when you're moving your head even slightly fast or get too close to an object. And so this is sort of the evolution of Valve's room view that they have where I don't know if you've seen images of it, but I see it all the time. It sort of gives you like a ghostly figure of everything around you. Um, so this is the next evolution of that, where you have it in color and it brings it up and it actually looks like your room around you. It's just, it warps a little when you move. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hey, the fact so, that the, they at least have it in color, that's pretty nice because the right. quest pass through is so bad. Really? <laughs> it's, it's black <laughs> it's, and gray and it's, yeah, same like, with the Rift yeah, S. it's pretty rough. <laughs> it's the quest is way worse than the Rift S though, because the Rift S has two cameras that are almost eye distance apart. The quest is using two cameras extremely far apart to piece this together. So the quest is, is uh, much worse, surprisingly. Uh, and that's, that's something that I, maybe Adam can help us. Cause you have a vibe. Why is it the index or the vibe? They all have these two cameras on the front. They're never at eye distance apart. The, the valves are way far apart. The vibes are way too close together. Do you have any, do you have any speculation? What are they doing here with this? Like, why are the cameras so weird? It's just wherever the cameras fit, you know, it's are you asking, like, <laughs> yeah. Are you asking how they pull it off? Like how, no like why why don't they just put them at eye apart distance on the outside so that it looks a little more natural when they the vive pro does do that but the vive pro looks weird (laughs) in my opinion so maybe that's why they don't do it i don't know if Mm -hmm. you've seen like images but they have like Mm -hmm. two big old eyes right on your face and it just i don't know i think it looks weird it sort of makes you look like a bug or an alien or something when you have that on so Mm -hmm. i don't know maybe it just looks better yeah maybe let's see i'm looking at it now 
How? Well, on the original Vive, they seemed like they were way too close together. Yeah, then, on the original yeah, Vive, they're sort of... Uh, actually, I don't know. I need to like feel my own headset to figure out like where it is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but they are sort of at an odd position. But, you know, honestly, it doesn't matter because it's not trying to simulate your room exactly how you would see it. Um, it's just used for that pass-through. And as long as you have two cameras that aren't vertically aligned you can get that experience you can get that pass through that sort of virtual pass through because mm -hmm. it's not trying to do like the um, whatever the windows like ar it's not trying to do augmented reality it's just trying to do virtual reality and so as long as it can come up with something using its two cameras then it's probably fine right yeah there's not weird a lot of me. point it's just weird because it's like, well, why not throw them on there in the position to where what if what if you did want to throw a little augmented reality experience into like one part of a game or something like why not have that option? So that's been kind of a weird thing because like the index, they're really far apart on the bottom. So I'm just always curious uh, why, you know, and why not? Yeah, I mean, it is cool because it does seem like a step towards like incorporating AR technology. But yeah, they definitely still have a lot to work out. Well, I can speak to, I can speak to this a little bit as someone who works or has worked in a bit of uh, film. So, with a little bit of trickery, so long as there's two cameras and they're not like ridiculously far away from your eyes, you can actually edit an image to change how it looks in terms of your perspective. It's obviously not true, but it can fool you. You can, for example, if I like mess up on a photo and I was only able to take a photo of something that like, like say there's a building and I wanted to take a photo of that building, but I had to do it at a slight angle. It isn't hard. In fact, it's extremely easy to edit it, to make it look like it's facing me dead on. And that's basically what they're doing. Um, I, I'm almost sure of it. So my guess is just, you know, every, we already have like IPD adjustments. It's really hard to get everyone exactly for what they are. It's easier to do it digitally to make everyone fit correctly than it is to try to, I mean, I guess they could put the cameras in like the exact average IPD position, which would make some sense. The valve index in particular, I know has something in the center. Like it's got something there. Um, it it's even got like a funny name for it. I forget what it's called. Yeah, it's the frunk. The frunk. Yeah, it's that's the right. Trunk. <laughs> but it's just like a big open space. So like you can put a digital camera there, I guess, if you want. But it's just empty. Right. It it fits you can a, put magic a candy leap. bar in there. A little fun size candy bar fits. <laughs> oh, in there. that'd so be you, awesome for so those. You, you know, just put a Snickers in there for in your you know in the middle <laughs> of your intense Pavlov session. <laughs> Blood sugar gets low. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, so like for example, the magic leap it fits in there, right? And the Magic Leap is a um, AR piece of technology. So my guess, at least for Index, was they knew that it would cost them a lot of money to also include cameras that were in such that were powerful enough and good enough to provide a um, reasonable AR experience. They put cameras on there so they can do inside out um, pass through. You know, they checked that box. But they left that middle space, they left that frunk, as they call it, on the headset so that people who pr make proper technology for AR can actually use that very cr critical space. That's my guess. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah. 
All right, now I got to close all those tabs. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking at pictures of like the Vive and all that, trying to get an idea of why would they would be doing that. All right, well that ends the news section, fellas. So let's move on to the gaming section. But first, our sponsor this week for the gosh darn it <laughs> this this uh, gaming section is brought to you this week by well no one. We still have no sponsors. The, the time between the news section and now we still have not gotten sponsors <laughs> so if you would like to spot be a sponsor again reach out rip mcafee at fulldivepodcast.com so we've been playing mostly games that have already come out i'll let uh i'll let jay and desi start out they've been playing paper beast well we played a game that hasn't even come out yet oh that's so true that's, that's yeah, how it's amazing a demo it version. Yeah. Oh, I because thought it was it's on PC. I we talked about this a bit last week. We talked this is a demo, but the game isn't out until this oh. summer. This is a teaser yeah. demo. We did talk about this last week when that guy's Will is here though because he played this on PSVR. This was a PSVR exclusive. It's uh, now gotcha. coming to PC. And I got to say from playing the demo, I feel like Will kind of gave this some rough marks. Mm-hmm. Mostly mostly because apparently on PSVR when it launched, it didn't have smooth locomotion. It didn't have smooth turning. Well, first thing in the demo and calibration, it gives you the options to switch it to smooth locomotion and smooth turning. Um, Ooh, yeah. nice. So, yeah, yeah. so with those two things out of the way, and then his other bad mark he gave it was that it was like 25 bucks for only a few hours. Well, the demo was free and it was only a few minutes. <laughs> so that it pretty much took away all the negatives. And I got in and I got to say for me, the art style was gorgeous. Mm-hmm. I love I love a VR game that can take a really minimalist art style and envelop you in a game so well you forget that it doesn't look real. Uh, <laughs> there was a game for the, for the OG VR people. There was a game called Land's End that did this on the Gear VR. And it was still one of my most fond memories of VR because it did it so well. Uh, I absolutely love this demo. I'm actually kind of excited for the game, depending on the price. So I, I won't give it all away. Destiny, I want to hear what you thought before we get too heavy into this. So you played the demo too. Yes. Okay. So what I want to know is how long did it take you to get past the beginning? Like when you kind of land in that box of curtains <laughs> and there's like a stereo playing. I yep. had no idea. Like there was no tutorial or at least not that I saw. Like there was nothing. So basically, um, like I said, you kind of land in this little like square area with these orange curtains around you and you just don't know what to do like I heard the music playing but nothing was happening for like five minutes so I just kept clicking and like trying to figure out crap and then finally I was the like one panel of the curtain would fly off and I was like oh so you have to like kind of bust out of it yourself and um and so that part the intro is it a what is it a puzzle game it no, is... see, I don't understand it at all. <laughs> that is my it, problem with it. It is the like, ultimate puzzle game in that it gives you nothing. You have yes, to it fully figure no out what's sense. happening. It was yeah. so trippy. Well, and then, like, even going throughout the demo, I still found myself, like, not understanding what to do and so, then do you remember when that one part when one of the paper looking origami animals is kind of like attacking another it was yeah. so weird because i felt responsible <laughs> and i didn't know what to do there either and this poor animal was just like dying in front of you and so i don't know like i i'll give it props for being very original and different but i don't think i'll probably be buying the full version 
<laughs> I I totally understand why you feel that way. And it's it is not only is it a puzzle game, it is a intense puzzle game because it doesn't tell you, it doesn't walk you through, Nothing. it doesn't hold your hand. You literally have to interpret everything as it's happening. Mm-hmm. So I think that some people would get very different experiences of what they thought the game was about. You just see something happening and you have to basically figure out what does this mean? Why does it happen? There's no talking, there's no words, it's just actions playing out in front of you. So like basically you start off in the beginning, like she said, you're in like this shed. It kind of reminds you of journey if anybody's played that game kind of the Mm. aesthetic of that and there's all these curtains around you well if you start to play with the curtains you realize they can move and you kind of pull them down so you pull all these curtains down around you and you find out you're you're inside of one of these big paper beasts you're in between all of its legs and it starts to run off and I liked the game because it was really pretty, but it was also you didn't know what was happening. So you didn't know if something was a threat. You didn't know if it was a friend. But all you can (laughs) figure out is, yeah, you can kind of use your cursor to interact with these creatures around. You You can pick them up. You can move them around. And then what you the first thing you kind of learn is your big paper beast comes back and looks down at you. And there's a little crystal on its head. And once you grab that crystal, then you gain the ability to move. It sticks to your controller and you can now move. So then... You walk through this area, you see these other animals, and you kind of start to learn that they have power over the environment or the objects do around, but you only have the power to move stuff around you and to walk. So then you get to the area where she was talking about, and you start to see this one animal's being attacked. And for me, I just grabbed the other animals getting attacked and I threw him out of there. I was like, I don't want him to get hurt. So I got him, I got him away oh, from I was what trying. was threatening. Him. And that's why I say I think these could, this could be a very different experience for everyone who plays it because you don't know what you're supposed to do. So you just either you let the game happen or you try to interact with it. So demos free on Steam. So everyone out there, try it out. You know, if you've got a PC, why not? You have nothing to lose and see what you think yeah. of it. Mm-hmm. It's very short, though. I mean, after that part, there's a few little tiny puzzles. I won't give much of that away, but it's very short. Right after that, it ends. But I was intrigued and into the art style enough into the animals movement with the paper style it definitely got me interested in it so the demo did its job there price is going to be the big question for me though if i'm going to continue because i know from the psvr people it's two and a half hours well you better make it 20 you better make it i feel like less than 25 to really get me to want to actually pay for this game oh yeah so for sure so you, you you made it to the end right destiny like you made it to like kind of the last part and it went to the end I went a little bit further than that part, but honestly, like I said, it was just so frustrating. And I had the other <laughs> new game that I had just bought that I was ready to kind of jump off. Mm-hmm. Hmm. It was cool. So, not so for everyone. Now that you guys, <laughs> no, not not for everyone. <laughs> so now that you guys have played the demo, F- Fantasy World, you in a fantasy world. <laughs> I'm saying. You uh you play the demo, and right there, you can buy the game twenty five dollars. Would you have done it? No, no. 20 bucks, maybe no. 25. Not no, even for maybe 15. OK, maybe 10 or five, but not <laughs> <laughs> or free. These poor yeah, devs. like. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the game was so unique. That was where it scored some extra points with me. And I like puzzle games. Not everyone's in a puzzle game. So it was it touched on something I like. The art style I thought was really beautiful and it intrigued me. Enough that I said, okay, 20 bucks. I probably would have said, okay, let's find out what this is like. So I added it to my wish list for now. Will I buy it? Depends on that price. Mm-hmm. Or maybe I'm just so mad about that animal. See, I tried to throw mine and I couldn't get him away from the guy that was attacking him. So I'm glad that you were able to save yours. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that would be tough. Some people might, some people might not care. I'm an animal lover. I have a hard time seeing animals. Exactly. Getting hurt. I was I was 
yeah, I was freaking out, but um, maybe it was just like a bad taste in my mouth after that. I was done with it. <laughs> yeah. Uh so sad. Yeah, I imagine if you saw just animals fight and you couldn't do anything, I'd be pretty upset too. And be like, why am I playing this game? Yes, I was like, what do I do? <laughs> <laughs> well, that that sounds fun. That sounds like something I'd want to play. Yeah, check you out should demo. at least check it out. Yeah, it is worth doing that. Mm-hmm. And that's one last point I will give to the developers there too. To make me care about an animal that looks like it's made out of pieces of paper, you got something going right. Like <laughs> most people would be like, this this art style isn't right. This is all just pieces of paper. Like that makes it they're kind of shaped like animal. It doesn't look like an animal. It's pieces of paper, really. But yet it made me care about that animal. So they they yeah. tugged on some heartstrings. They did something to me. They gave me an emotional reaction. Well done, developers. That reminds me a lot of Journey. Like like Journey when you like when you're playing yeah. when you're playing in like the desert and you like those little like little dune gliding things start following you around and you you interact with them and you like they become your friends sort of mm-hmm. <laughs> that's that's kind of what it reminds me of. This will give you a little taste of that. I definitely think you should hit the demo and let us know next week what you think because I would love to hear to. from someone else who liked Journey what right. they thought of it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, you've been sitting over there shaking in your chair, Adam. I just I know. know it's coming. So <laughs> he's, he's been telling I'm so excited. He's just been dead quiet. He's just been daydreaming <laughs> about being able to talk about this. <laughs> Tell us about it. All right. We're, we're opening the, the dam. I get to talk about War Thunder. <laughs> <laughs> so War Thunder is a military vehicles game. <laughs> <laughs> wake up wake up wake up rip okay he's talking so okay. i played Sorry. a lot with world war ii planes and it is fully vr compatible for the planes and it works i i personally think that sim games like driving games and playing games work really well for sim because you're in a seated position fixed position looking out of a cockpit all the mm-hmm. controls are inside pretty good uh i play a lot of war Th- i play too much war thunder <laughs> probably um whenever i check discord and he's online it's worth again whenever i go whenever i'm on on discord and it shows that you're online like 50 percent of the time it says you're playing war thunder yeah (laughs) (laughs) like i play a lot of war thunder and it is almost fun um (laughs) almost fun well it's war thunder is incredible it is incredible in so many ways but there are so many frustrating things about it (laughs) all right and then once, if you ever decide to play War Thunder, you will see it is almost fun, <laughs> and you can't get enough of it. <laughs> see, um, I have but played War Thunder it. and Sim works really well. There is absolutely nothing, especially for a big World War II history guy like me, mm-hmm. of actually being able to sit in the cockpit of a P fifty one and fly that around. There is no cool. There is no cooler feeling. Mm-hmm. I get that. I my my. Uh... I have a brother who's also super into World War II, and I got to strap him into War Thunder for a bit, and he was also really enjoying it. Yeah. <laughs> See, I, I had that where I played it, thought it was almost good, and then, but didn't continue <laughs> because it was almost good. But man, I mean, I knew it would be janky from the moment I saw the screen, like <laughs> this ridiculously large screen but it's only like three feet in front of you. So you're like, when you're, you have to like to interact with this menu, you're like looking around like crazy. Yes. <laughs> it's like they really, it felt like they put the least amount of effort possible into getting this VR ready. VR is definitely a little bit of an afterthought. Um, but once you actually get 
in the cockpit, being able to look around. It's just, you're right that it is a little bit janky for the VR. But VR just has that complete experience that I haven't been able to get anywhere else, especially in War Thunder, of being able of dogfighting with, you know, German planes flying around you and just being able to look up and track them as they're going across the sky above my cockpit. It was really cool. It's just, yeah, there's no better feeling. (laughs) (laughs) I do get that. When I did play it, I was like, when I was flying the plane, I was like, this is amazing. Like, it was awesome. I was still having control technical difficulties so i couldn't go into combat (laughs) which is part of my frustration with it (laughs) but short of that like just the experience of flying was so cool but that that just made me excited for microsoft flight sim and really wanted to come out with vr that's that's what it did for me (laughs) hearing you two go on about this i I gotta say this does not speak to me at all world war ii warplanes it just it's not something that like hits me like oh i want to try this now and the funny uh-huh. thing i have war thunder on playstation because it came free with my otas or i guess it's, it's free to play on every it platform, is free though, to play it? yes. yeah it's free to play they just tricked me into thinking i got something extra <laughs> i mean it's free to play i might do it just because i've said in previous podcasts before and i'm the biggest proponent of it if it's in vr even if it's something you don't care about still try it once because i don't usually care about cockpit games and in vr it's like whoa whoa this is way different so i if it's free to play you know i think i'll give it a try but i'm not i mean world war ii none of that stuff's interesting to me so if i come back and i say holy crap then people out there know hey this might be something even if you don't care about it like this might be amazing mm-hmm. so yeah, just I'll tell to... you what give me a call when you're doing it because war thunder's fully cross-platform let me know and i'll oh, i'll cool. take to the skies with you <laughs> nice. nice if i can shoot adam down that'll make it worth it if you can shoot me down I will be the personal sponsor for this podcast. Oh, okay. We got to practice and I'm going to pretend it's my first time still. What am I doing? Oh, shooting you down. How is this happening? First time pro. What, uh, what did Destiny play this week? What did you play? I actually played uh, The Room VR A Dark Matter. So I think it's available on other headsets, right? Have y'all heard of this game? Yeah. In fact, yeah, I think this was even available on the go, if I remember. Speaking of the really? Oculus Go, a lot of these sort of puzzle VR games are um, uh, available on like the like Google headsets and stuff like that. I don't know yeah, about this I could one see specifically. That. Yeah, because there wasn't like a lot of like a motion and stuff in it. But so yeah, this was actually one of the first. I guess the entire day I just played puzzle games. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I definitely liked it a lot better than the Paper Beast puzzle mm-hmm. game because this one, what made me want to purchase this game was definitely the graphics. Like they're really, really, really good. And so, yeah, I don't know if I've ever played it like personally, but compared to the other games I've played, it actually had some of the best graphics. And um, I really like the vibe of it. It has that like peaky blinders, like meets Egypt vibe. Mm. And, um, but, and even the soundtrack to it and the sound effects were really cool. But so, another thing I liked about it is that it's perfect for a sit down play. For, so for people who get motion sickness very easy, like I had zero, like it was super easy to navigate. But with that being said, I wouldn't recommend it to people who are new to VR in general, just because a lot of the stuff, like a lot of the ways that you interact with the game, it seemed a little bit complicated. But like I said, maybe that's just because I'm newer to puzzle games. It's usually not my thing. But other than that, like I definitely recommend it. Like I'm glad I purchased yeah. it. Huh. 
Yeah. I was super interested. So I played, I think it was The Room on my phone, the old, uh, the like, not the VR one, but just like one of the little mobile games. Mm-hmm. And and that was like, wow, I like puzzle games. So that really got me <laughs> interested. I just haven't, I haven't made the, made a time to try these ones for some reason, but they really sparked my interest. So I, I think I love this puzzles. one, you, especially like I said, based on the graphics alone, you should try it. Like I believe it had over, I could be wrong, but I think it had over 2000 reviews. Or no, is that right? 2000 or 200? I swear it had something with the two in it. But anyways, but it was almost five star and that's pretty rare that's, in the that's games. Wow. That's a lot. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Especially like on Oculus, like, well, you know, a lot of them are going to be more like three, three and a half. No, it's a shit ton of reviews for almost five star. So mm-hmm. check it out. And so you don't typically play puzzle games, though, right? I don't. I'm trying to think if I've ever played any puzzle games in VR. It may have been, like, my first for both of them. Shoot, no, my. I've been putting this off for the same reason. Like, I've as there's been a lot of puzzle games that I really thought looked good, but I just, I've never been able to get into them. Right. But maybe VR will change that. (laughs) <laughs> well, see, and like I said, I think because of the overall vibe, just because, like, it has that, like, old, old school kind of dark, eerie vibe, it mm-hmm. got me interested versus the other game, which isn't quite to my style, so, you know, it really caught my attention. And then also, I will say a huge pro with this game over the other one is this one. If you didn't know what you were doing, it helped walk you through it. Like it would mm-hmm. kind of give you like a little clue or a reminder of what button to push. And so that really, you know, it keeps you motivated. Mm-hmm. Some games are much better at that than others. Like Batman Arkham VR was one where if like after a while you weren't getting it, Batman would like talk to himself. He'd be like, oh, yeah. I really need to find <laughs> that clue. Basically, they're like, you're an idiot. You just need to do this. Yeah. Which I think is helpful. VR is yes. a little overwhelming for some people. You know, right. it's been 10 minutes. Throw a tip in there for them. Like, right. Yes, help exactly. Them out. That's true. That's very true. Yeah. People want a lot, especially people, because a lot of these games are like the kinds of games you might like throw on to someone who's never tried vr before and like came over to your house or maybe you just got vr and you're still getting over motion sickness so you're getting a lot of these games that don't require locomotion it's you know we've said this before guys vr isn't as intuitive as you think please provide tutorials <laughs> <laughs> yes sure. oh man what about you uh, so um i have been playing into the radius now, when I put this on here and I was like, yeah, I'm playing this game because I've been hearing so many people playing it. All of these guys were like, what are you talking about, Rip? This game doesn't exist. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm exaggerating. But the point is, so this is a game I was hearing a lot in. Uh, I, so I'm, I'm in the speaking of communities. I mean, it's VR, so I didn't say it, but I'm also in the Onward community. And a lot of those guys have played Into the Radius. And maybe that's just like a crossover between a lot of people who are into Milsim, also like those sort of like uh, survival kind of Daisy style games. There's there's a lot of cross. If you play Arma, yeah, you probably play Daisy. games. Yeah, got it. <laughs> yeah. So same same thing. It's translated to VR. A lot of the people who play Onward also played Into the Radius. So this, so I kind of I mentioned it briefly. It's a survival game. It's I only was able to play roughly two hours, but I've seen a lot of footage. So you you can you have like a very low, very very standard survival in the sense that like you have a low inventory, 
you have an inventory where like your your weight affects things you're always low on ammo you're worried about supplies and it's creepy as hell that's the main draw for this one it's creepy as hell it's like chernobyl but rather than it being an empty wasteland instead it's a weird messed up like somewhat trippy <laughs> with like shadow beasts and people walking around and i didn't engage it in combat at all because i i decided to click the realistic mode because i don't know it sounded fun but it meant i i knew going into it that i would be relying on whatever the game had for auto saves and if i died i'd lose my inventory so i didn't even like experiment in combat i just like held i'd only gotten knives by that point like throwing knives i did get to i did get to throw them at dummies when i first got them and that was very fun best throwing knives ever 10 out of 10 but (laughs) besides that i didn't use them but if you're looking for especially you destiny if you're looking for a like for me personally when i like scary games i like sort of like atmospheric tense and scary i don't know if you're into that yeah but this absolutely hits that mark it's it is it is a survival game but to me it felt more of a horror game where interesting yeah it it survival horror super cool it so far was linear but when i at the point i stopped it was really opening up like i was given a map and i had to like reference where i was based off the map and the compass and stuff and i was like this is really cool um yeah i don't know what else to say about it if you like this kind of stuff so far i'm loving this game and i'm gonna talk about it next podcast because What's it on steam hmm? yes you it is on said steam. steam yes you you said you you didn't engage in the combat is that versus other players is that versus like free oh, oh, mutants? It's, like it's a uh single player game um so no so yeah it's against the weird scary shadowy people that we're standing around and looking menacing <laughs> and so you don't and so there's no like clear these aren't zombies these aren't this is like something kind of different right which is why i didn't want to like throw my knife at it because it was a shadowy creature i'm like does my knife even hit this <laughs> okay. i know Just i can sneak around it so i'm gonna do that yeah and and if one of them sees me i'm going to end up having to use this knife that's that's sort of the which to me is fun i enjoyed that I enjoyed that yeah. sort of like mystery. You know, I'm in VR. Shoot, I want to play it like it's real. So that's what I think yeah, I twice. probably would do in VR. I mean, real life. <laughs> right. You make me want to look into it because you said survival horror. That makes me think of like the early Resident Evils. So that makes me yeah. curious to check this out. Very much well, those vibes. Um, what's not, the price? Right? That that is the tough part to swallow, um, especially with how often you like your cheaper games. For me, from what I've heard of the length of the game, and from what I know of the people who've played it, I think it's very reasonable. Um, that said, it does cost an amount. I'm looking it up. One moment. <laughs> if he <laughs> Into... says sixty bucks, this is gonna be bad. Like, no, no, no. It's like thirty or something. Oh, it's like... that's not bad. Thirty must... is still in the realm of somewhat cheap, especially if it's a full game. But it is an early access right now. I think. Right. Oh. So that's that's also something to consider. It's not necessarily done yet. Uh, great. It's just telling me start without giving me a price. Because <laughs> so you own the game. Right. <laughs> You'll well, have to look it up yourself. I'm pretty certain yeah. it's around 30 or 35. That's not so bad. No. Yeah, I thought it was very reasonable. And it's a lot of fun. That's a 
another thing that I actually just real quick that I forgot to mention. Um, I don't know if y'all can check on your site since you don't own the game. I don't know if it did it because I own it through Oculus. But the game that I talked about, I think it was 29, but then and that was without the link. But then earlier when I was getting onto Steam, I noticed it said free. So I don't really, I'm, or not seen, but I mean Oculus, um, the actual Oculus home store, it's set free. Right. So I don't know if it's free for PC I'm headsets. Yeah, it's $30 on Oculus, uh, on the Oculus store. I don't know how much is it on PC, if it's, discount, if it's discounted right now, but yeah, $30. $30 for your game, but, and then she was talking about the dark, the room. Yeah, yeah no, no, no. Uh, the the, the room VR, free. a dark matter is $30. Okay. 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 Then it just said free, I guess, because I already own it. Because mm. <laughs> you can get the get it since you have the link. That's cool, actually. But see, that's what's weird is like other games that maybe because I had them prior to getting the link, like Arizona Sunshine, I would basically have to buy it again to have it on, like, um, or to be able to run it PC. So that is a uh, developer dependent, not Oculus dependent. Um, uh, so it's okay. side. yeah it's up to the developer whether they want to charge separately for um the quest and the not quest good to know yeah and as adam can attest to it's a whole different software designing through the quest or so if they're if they're having to redo it they may want to get paid again and there's a lot of them that did cross by their games to promote them and help mm -hmm. people get to play but they it is fair it's fair for a developer to say i'm going to charge again on the quest anyone out there who thinks that it's not fair well you're wrong it is yeah. fair it'd be like, like <laughs> yeah that does going to say what i was about to say <laughs> but it'd be like psvr getting it free if you buy it on pc right. it's not the yeah. same game uh so something i added this to the gaming section because it is a game but something that we don't hit on quite on this podcast as much as i would like to is the uses of vr outside of gaming so last sunday was father's day you probably either called your dad saw your dad's locked down a lot of places still so you probably didn't get to see him my dad is in a whole different part of the state than me but i messaged him and i was like hey do you have like an hour or two at some point in the day we can just put that time aside and we can do something together and he said yes so he didn't know exactly what it was going to be i jumped on my oculus quest which is on the same account as his and i changed the avatar in rec room to look like him and mm -hmm. then i got everything set up and ready and then nat my wife and i we went into one of my custom rooms that someone helped me design and we put i built this big neon sign that said happy father's day and i got pizza <laughs> and i got root beer and Aww. i got donuts and then I told my dad, okay, sign on to Rec Room. He'd never played it all. I was like, just basically click the button, click the username that's in front of you, and then watch your watch, and I will invite you somewhere. Because then once he got to me, then it was easier to walk through. But then he got there, yeah. and he was so surprised. He was seeing our avatars. He was seeing us hanging out. And we spent Father's Day with my dad. We, Aww, we took him so disc cool. golfing. We took him on quests. And so, like, just because it's a game doesn't mean it's not necessarily an experience that's like, hanging out with someone on Father's Day. VR yeah. chat especially would be another great one to like oh, yeah. have a what feels like a real party. So I thought that was super cool. I didn't know if anyone else here had ever done anything like that, but that was like the first time I really got to do that with someone. And he said it was the best Father's Day he'd ever had. So that is really cool. Well, I got to like say that. just every week when we do this VR chat things, it feels weird, but... I'm in VR so long chatting with you guys that I feel like I've almost met all you guys in person. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like if I meet you, 
I'm gonna be mad. I'm like, yeah, that doesn't look like you. <laughs> like your real face. I'm like, that's not that's not the Adam I know. Because yes. I'm so used to this VR chat right. avatar face. I'm gonna be like, this isn't right. Something's wrong. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait for all my like all all of my I I cannot wait for all my gaming real life friends to finally pick up VR headsets so I can just hang out and like VR chat with them. That's that's gonna be the day when when everyone's got it. Hopefully yeah, I think can. the social aspect is what's really going to bring a lot of people into VR. Yeah. I know a lot of people buy headsets just to get into VR chat. And like, oh, yeah, especially they love now it. with social distance. Yeah. 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 Quarantine's definitely like a lot of people are doing it now. Helping VR. Mm-hmm. I do it. I, I used to, uh, Whenever I had to do homework, I no longer have to do that now. I'm graduated. Go me. Um, <laughs> when when I had to, I'll probably do this for like work stuff. But uh, when I had homework to do, I would always go to a cafe. And because I work best when I'm not necessarily interacting with other people, but in a space with other people. It, it like gives me, I sort of feed off the social energy to give me homework energy, I guess. Because um, <laughs> when I'm when I'm by myself, I just I'm so prone to procrastinate, like just like subconsciously. Um, I don't know, daydreaming, getting water more often than I should, just whatever it is. Um, yeah. And but when I'm like working with other people around, I tend not to do that. So when quarantines, I think I might have mentioned this on actually the fir- was that the very first episode that never went live where we talked about. <laughs> Or was that second episode? I think it was the first or second. No, it went on. It was. It I, actually, I think it was second. Or maybe both. Maybe both. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure we did briefly touch on it both. Right. Episodes. Yeah. VR and quarantine. I think that was second up. Ep- I think that was the first live episode. Our second yes. recording. I think so. Yeah. Um. So I might be rehashing myself here, but anyway, I to fulfill that need, I went to VR chat a lot to sort of get that experience i would literally <laughs> pull up like i have now i have like my, i had my browser and all sorts of windows open um and i would work while hanging out at a at um actually this same not this part of it but the <laughs> same world downstairs same bar. i would um yeah <laughs> i would uh i would hang out and just kind of i wouldn't be interacting too much with people unless they came to me and said hi i would, I would just kind of chill there and work he was that dude at Starbucks sitting there writing his novel, basically. <laughs> I was that in, guy. In VR chat. Yeah. In VR chat. Yeah. Precisely. <laughs> uh. Okay. That is a good point to bring up. I'm glad you did that. So, moving on. Now, the discussion section. So, we've got one. I'm pretty excited to mostly hear you guys talk about it <laughs> actually not talk about it so much myself because I, I know you guys were very interested in this and i i don't know that this has changed too much for me from what i've seen but it sounds like you guys think things have changed so anyway the topic is how is vr represented in media or culture pop culture like what do people think of vr now a lot of people are buying vr i now know not a ton of people, but a more significant amount of people that own VR. I'd, I'd say, like, if you talk to a lot of people that game, I mean, there are now more people who have VR than there are people with 4K monitors. This, they exist. They're around. So I know that. But 
do you guys think it's a little more than that now? So the reason that I I put this section here is because Nat and I started a new show this week. It's an Amazon original and it's called Upload. And basically, real real overview premise. Basically, people die in the world. This show's set in 2033. You have the option to now be uploaded into a virtual world and still interact with people in the real world, but you're you're off in your own virtual world. They have to enter in basically through VR. It's from a producer that also made The Office, so it's a fun kind of light show. It's a great show for like quarantine time. But in this show, it's 2033, and there is tons of VR, tons of people using headsets, and it's it's kind of their vision of the future. There's self driving cars, there's virtual reality, and there's people in virtual worlds. Like they they really seem to believe that that is the future that we're headed towards. And I think seeing that is showing me like, okay, this is starting to get out there further. Because I mean, besides movies like Ready Player One, that was really kind of a, I mean, it was a big blockbuster, but it was still kind of aimed at the gamer audience. To see a show like this, it's just starting to show it in normal everyday life in people's workplaces. It shows that we're kind of turning the tide on it. Because I mean, outside of that, and maybe Black Mirror, and like one other show, I feel like you don't yes. see it that much still. So like, what do, what do you guys think over there? You actually took the words out of my mouth. That's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> I've been noticing it so much more as far as like TV and like uh, the Black Mirror. I saw that episode. And then there's another show. I don't know if y'all have seen it. I'm pretty sure it was on Netflix, but it was also a VR show, um, but it was based on like an island. It kind of reminded me of like the show Lost, but a VR version. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's there's so much coming out now. So I definitely think it's so much more popular and getting a lot more huge than it was back then. Yeah. Adam, what do you think? I mean, this is very personal bias, right? But when I go on Reddit and I just go through the gaming sum Reddit, it, VR shows up way more than I would have thought for how many people I thought owned VR. Mm-hmm. So, right. I mean, I feel like it's becoming more and more mainstream and that can only mean good things for the industry. Right. And that's where I always have a hard time with internet stuff because like those of you out there who don't know this about about it, I'm sure you do, your phone tends to feed you what you're interested in. So like for most of us who search stuff about VR time, I see ads for VR on Instagram where I'm sure most people don't. Like Reddit, <laughs> right? Reddit is a good one because Reddit shows what's got the upvotes. So that means the interest is there. People are looking at it. But I always question to myself, if I'm on Facebook and I see a VR ad, that doesn't mean VR is doing good. That means Facebook knows I'm into VR and is marketing to me. <laughs> Right. Even if it's someone, even if it's someone posts that happens to have VR, it's still personalized on like Facebook and now even Instagram. So exactly. Well, I think that with these other people in pop culture, as they learn that they can, especially now with social distancing, that they can uh, like incorporate their live shows through like virtual reality. It's just going to get more and more popular. Just like the Travis, what is his name, Travis? Scott, I was about to say Travis Street, I don't know why, but the Travis Scott show in a Fortnite. I mean, just imagine that experience in VR. Like that's where, you know, it's gonna go to next. Right. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. Like concerts in VR. That that's I mean well, it exists. Kind of are, it's not... um, yeah, like Oculus venues. Yeah. And so I mean, yeah, like it's definitely gonna, you know, catch on. hmm Yeah, it's you know, VR is definitely entering mainstream. Um, as more people own it, they as more people show it to their friends, as more people buy it. Honestly, I think we would, I truly believe we would practically be there in terms of it being mainstream and really catching on if it weren't for the supply shortages right now that everyone's having due to quarantine. So the interest in VR is skyrocketed. 
there's huge lines. Adam and I are both on a uh, order list for the index. And right now, even though they say eight plus weeks, according to people who've actually been waiting and receiving their headsets, it's closer to like 14. So Jeez. yeah, we're, like we're going to be waiting a while to get a darn headset. <laughs> and I, if these things were coming out and being purchased and shipping as fast as FS, as fast as people were willing to purchase it, these numbers would be huge. I I think it'd yeah, be crazy. It's true. And it's even before COVID, PSVR had shortages the whole first year. It right. was out. People wanted it and were willing to pay, but have been burned repeatedly by it never being in stock anywhere they go and it not being made enough. So like right. once there actually is enough headsets out there for all the people that want them over the next year or two, we'll see massive surges. These companies are definitely underestimating what the interest is in vr understandably perhaps but they're clearly not it's the supply and demand guys come on (laughs) yeah yeah it's definitely short yeah definitely i do worry so so you guys mentioned some shows like uh, upload and especially black mirror while it's good i suppose to see it entering mainstream i'm not certain that these shows are actually really painting the right pictures in my mind <laughs> you know hey. they're when these shows are kind of showing vr is this like kind of like it's kind of creepy to like think of oh everyone's constantly plugged in and like no one's ever gonna step outdoors anymore and the world's gonna become this desolate desert wasteland there's no one cares about it i don't i don't think that's quite true guys the audience i i think that's the worry of there's like there's two camps that are anti-vr one are the gamers that just think vr is a niche and therefore will constantly say that on like youtube comments or reddit posts or whatever and then there's people that aren't gamers see vr and think that's creepy like why like now they're now the gamers are plugging themselves in what are they doing um (laughs) (laughs) there's a bit of that stigmatism and for me at least and i'd like to think a lot of people share this it's not like i'm playing it's it's not like i do my regular like it's not like vr replaces everything i still want to go outdoors just as much as i used to vr replaces if anything regular gaming if anything this is better i'm now like we said i'm now getting to interact with people in a way that feels really real you know this isn't just their voices anymore i can i I can't reach him i can stroke jay's lovely beard (laughs) now there we go (laughs) (laughs) i I can point at things i can make hand gestures i can go around and go to these awesome worlds and do things with people in a way that's so different and incredible really there's a lot of great things happening here it's not a real world replacement maybe it will be once we're truly plugged in and it's seamless and it doesn't make our heads sweaty and hot, but (laughs) maybe that's it. (laughs) But right now it's, you know, it's a really cool, exciting thing and it gets us moving. We're standing and playing games. It used to be, we're just sitting and playing games, you know, hopefully I will start to have better posture with all this. (laughs) That's a, that's a hope. Um, and there are so many there's so many applications outside of vr to or outside of gaming for it that we still aren't seeing enough research but there's promising research in 
dementia patients and people with spatial awareness problems and kids with lazy eyes being corrected through VR. Like there's so much more it can be, but we need it to get further into the mainstream before more research and testing will be done. Like that's going to be the other side of it. That's going to be huge and crazy to see happen. So I, I can't wait. And I'm so glad to see the tide turning because it's been four years of me telling people this is here to stay. This is real. And then telling me I'm wrong. Finally, I'm going to get the last laugh. Right. right. Like I told you so. Yeah. <laughs> telling you for years. Yeah. It's not a niche, guys. It isn't. I swear. It's real. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, with that, I think we're going to wrap up this podcast. Uh, we had some technical difficulties in the middle. So yet again, I do not know where we're at in the podcast. <laughs> like only one podcast has, have I been successful in keeping like a good eye on the clock, <laughs> which is up there. That's why I'm pointing. Um, so guys, thanks for listening. I'm, I'm going to try and be better about like the callouts. So uh, we got guys, we have a discord. Join that. We've got really cool stuff happening there. We have our Q&A questions. We have discussions. You can talk to us. If you post in Q&A questions, we will wait till the podcast. And if you just ask a question in general chat, we'll just respond right there and then. It's really cool. And we've got the YouTube channel again. If you're listening, we've got the YouTube channel. If you're on the YouTube channel, you can listen to us. We post every on Friday. Everything goes live. Well, not everything. The podcast goes live on like Spotify and all that. And then the first video comes out. Then the rest of the videos come out over the course of the following week with the full video podcast releasing Thursday afternoon, night-ish. And then Friday, the cycle begins again. The cycle of the podcast. <laughs> so check that out. Check out all those places. Also, we've got a Patreon. For $5 a month, you can become an, as we uh, gave it the cheesy title, Avid Diver. <laughs> and uh, we've got some cool benefits over there. Um big one being that you get the podcast early i we're recording this and then i'm going to edit it and then the moment it's edited it's going on patreon and you could have that you could have it right now as i'm speaking well not as i'm speaking in an hour ish. <laughs> <laughs> so check that out besides that thanks for listening thanks for tuning in guys and we'll see you on the next one bye A little, a little more excitement. Sit up, Destiny. Come on. Bye. I'll see you later. <laughs> Next week with my new avatar. All right, listeners, just kind of like choose a medium between the two, like outros you got, and that's that's what we were going for. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>